I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct, the playoff edition, as we'll give you a big in-depth preview with our guy EJ Raddick from the NHL Network. How are you, buddy? I'm very good. Very good. Let's get it going here with the playoffs. Yeah, we've... This is, a, this is the playoffs. EJ's got very limited time, so we can't waste oh, that's his not time. True. Yeah, we have plenty of time for you. <laughs> but all right, why don't we just jump into um, the series that begins uh, tonight? We've got the Hurricanes and the Bruins. That's a pretty good matchup, obviously, starting in Carolina as they've got the home ice advantage in this one. Uh, I'll let you get started on what you think about this. Well, I mean, first things first, uh, Rod Brindamore says Antti Ranta will start in goal tonight, so we know that. Um, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, in the season series, the Hurricanes rolled the Bruins 3-0 and outscored them, <clears throat> outscored them 16-1. to So you would say by that, well, this could be a quick series, but I would say that, you know, when I went back and I, re- I didn't really look, but I just said from memory – you know, those games, especially the last two, there were two blowouts um, that the uh, the Hurricanes administered to the Bruins. And, and both times were kind of good spots for the Hurricanes and not great spots for the Bruins. And the Hurricanes took advantage. So I would expect that it will be closer. I think the Bruins are playing a little bit better right now. Uh, they've made some changes to their group since then. And... Um, We'll see how the young goaltenders play for the Bruins. I mean, that's, I think goaltending is going to be really interesting in this series because Freddie Anderson is the really experienced guy, and he's out of the mix. The Bruins have Swayman and uh, Olmark, who really haven't experienced the postseason. Olmark jumped in to finish a game last year that uh, Rask had started against the Islanders. So I think that's a wild card on both sides. The Canes are, I think, the, the better team, you know, on paper, but... Not by such a margin, right. but uh, a really tight series. So this could be a little surprise. We'll see. Yeah, I've got um, the Canes in six. I think I told you last week how high I am on Carolina. And even with the goaltending kind of in flux here, uh, I just think they're the superior team. Boston, to me, and, and they played very well down the stretch, EJ. And I don't know how much you buy into that, but they certainly were playing well healthier. Hall actually started to uh, kind of warm up a little bit, which I think is a huge X factor for them, right? Because you know what Bergeron and Marchand can do, and DeBrusque hasn't been too bad. And they get stuff on the blue line from McAvoy. But I always felt that Boston was a little bit too top-heavy, so that could be a little easier for Carolina to, to, to defend. But if DeBrusque and Hall can play well, then it obviously makes it more difficult to defend. So I, I will give Boston, because they're so well-coached and so much experience, a, a fighter's chance, but... I'll still take Carolina in six. And and one other thing, Donnie, the Bruins and Canes have a little bit of a playoff history over the last five years, and the Bruins were able to beat the Canes twice. And now the first time was in the Eastern Conference Final when the Bruins, I think, were the, the kind of more of a stronger Bruins group that we remember in the last several years. And then they were able to do it again um, what, you know, a couple of years later. I believe it was in the bubble. 
and I believe Yarrow Halak was in for some of those games. Rask, yep. if you remember, I think left and went home, and Carolina had like uh, some leads in those games and failed to protect those leads. So, you know, this will be, you know, this is a little bit of a hill for Carolina to climb because they, you know, Boston has beaten them twice, and when teams do that to you, you know, there's a psychological advantage, but we'll see if Carolina gets past them. I tend to agree with you. They're better. They should win, but we'll see. Now, the Leafs and the Lightning. Now, the Leafs caught a break in a sense that they didn't have to play Boston again, right? But it's hard to say you catch a break when you got to take on the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll, I'll start here. Uh, at one of these years, the Leafs got to get out of the first round, right? And here's the thing that concerns me about Tampa. Stamkos, phenomenal year. I can't believe it's the first time he scored 100 points, which is crazy. They've got a healthy Kucherov and... We all know the firepower they have, but I just wonder, little tiny pieces missing that I think could hurt the Lightning. I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, you lose Gord, you lose Gaudreau, you lose Coleman. Those were really important players to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think the Leafs have really come together as a team. They play a little, they play much better defensively than they have in years past. I'm just going to go with the law of averages. I'm going to take the Leafs in this one in six and end the Lightning Stanley Cup run in the first round. Well, I just, I got to tell you, I just can't take Jack Campbell over Vasilevsky. I just can't do it. Now, it's not that he can't win. And Jack is, by all accounts, you know, hearing the interviews and watching, I watched the series they did on the Leafs last year on, I think it was Amazon with the, the behind the scenes. He's a really likable guy. You want him to do well. I'd be thrilled for him if he did well. But I just, when I look at it, I mean, I just have a hard time saying, okay, I'm going to pick a team. A two, I'm, I'm going to pick against Vasilevsky in a matchup with Campbell as the goaltenders. And Vasilevsky's team is pretty much the same. Now, you're right. They've, they're lose, they've lost a couple of guys. And those are important players. But... They're still the two-time defending champions. And I go back to what Butch Boring told me years ago. I asked him, which cup was the hardest for the Islanders to win? And he said, the first. And I said, why? And he said, because we didn't know we could do it quite at that point. Once we knew we could do it, we felt we could beat anybody. And I read, just been reading uh, the book Ken Dryden wrote on Scotty Bowman. Oh, yeah. And uh, Scotty goes through a bunch of these great teams over the years. And one of the things that he says in that book is that the teams that have won it, especially when you've won it more than once, said those teams have a little advantage. doesn't always pay off, but he goes, they, uh, you know, they understand when, when they get into tight moments, they understand how to, how to make it happen. And I can't see Toronto winning in four. So I would imagine we're going to have some tight moments, and we have those moments. I just trust Vasilevsky, and I trust the, the Lightning a yeah. little bit more, and I trust John Cooper, quite frankly, a little bit more. So for me, as much as I agree with you, the Leafs are due to win a playoff series, and I think they have a really good team this year. It might be the best team they've had in the last couple of years because their defense is definitely better. The addition of Giordano is not only – it's not only been a good addition of just him, but the fact that he has really helped Lilligren's game. It's twofold. So, you know, I, I think they defend better. I like their team better, but I just think they drew a bad card here, and I just don't, you know, I mean, you just, I guess can't go against Vasilevsky no. in a matchup with Ken in this series. So that's it for me. Very safe pick by EJ Raddick, but probably uh, one that you'll feel really good about. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And by the way, just to, just as a, um, a side to what you said, what an amazing book Ken Dryden wrote about Scotty Bowman. I read it last year. And you get that amazing combination, right, of tremendous subject, a, a Hall of Famer that played with him, it also combines as a brilliant writer <laughs> who might have re- you know wrote the game, which might be the greatest hockey book of all times. So that that combination just makes for an excellent read. He did a terrific job with that. Yeah, yeah. He, he told a lot of good stuff out of Scotty, and you know, Scotty is someone that you know, uh, from my experience, and obviously Ken has a much different experience with Scotty. But like you know, Scotty doesn't want to get all the secrets all the time. He likes to uh, you know give you tell you stories the way in, in the order he would want to tell them to you, as opposed to really answering your questions all the time. He's a very interesting guy, and he's had an unbelievable life and unbelievable hockey experience and so you're, you're right it was uh, it's kind of fascinating to, to see you know what he had to say about the great 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 mm. teams in the history of this game i gotta tell you when you look at some great series they, i think all these series are compelling but to me the wild blues might be the most interesting these two teams are so evenly matched i've got this one going seven ej i'll get you started on uh, who you like against the uh, the wild and the blues yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate. It's kind of similar for Toronto and Tampa. It's really unfortunate that teams that have played this well during the regular season that are this good have to collide in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you watch the last two games of the regular season that St. Louis and Minnesota played, and they were both in St. Louis, and they were crazy games. They were physical. There was a lot of goals uh, you know, in both games. They both went to overtime, and St. Louis found a way to win both. St. Louis won all three games. In the regular season this year against Minnesota, they had that uh, kind of blowout win at the Winter Classic. It ended up 6-4, but, you know, they really opened that one up in the second period, and Cairo had the big game. It's a a toss-up. I I think St. Louis has kind of had the better of Minnesota this year and in other other years recently. Um, So I'm leaning towards St. Louis. Um, You know, if it becomes a game where there's a lot of goals, both teams can score, but St. Louis, I think they had nine 20-goal scores, eight or nine. I mean, St. Louis, I noticed that early in the year. Their forward group, one through 12, is is just dynamic. It is. And the emergence of Robert Thomas on that line with uh, Bushnevich and Tarasenko. And remember, like eight, nine months ago, we were talking about Tarasenko wanting a trade, and I was worried about his shoulder after three shoulder surgeries. And I think a lot of teams would have been had the same concern, and Boy, he has come in and he's had a terrific year. I watched him against Nashville recently. And he just rolled off a check along the boards by Alex Carrier. Just kind of threw him aside and went to the net and scored. And I was like, well, that shoulder seems fine. <laughs> and uh, he's playing terrific this year. And, you know, my only, I guess with, with St. Louis, you know, their defense is faster but not as big. So that's a little worry. Minnesota can get in on them. I think that would be the game plan for Minnesota, really work that D as best you can. And then Huso's had a great year, but, you know, he's never really done it in the postseason. So, you know, how is he going to play? 
It's interesting, too, there's four goalies in this series, and the guys that are on the bench for Game 1 have both won a Stanley Cup. So yeah, right. I think you wouldn't be crazy to think that maybe all four goalies will, will be a part of this at some point. But uh, Minnesota's had a great year. Kaprizov is off the charts. I mean, yeah. he, he came in last year, won Rookie of the Year, and, you know, he signed the big contract. And, you know, that we've seen that movie before, Donnie, right, where a guy comes back the next year and it's a little bit of a struggle. But maybe it's because... He's an older. He was an older rookie. <clears throat> he, I mean, he had over a hundred. You know, quietly was one of those uh, eight guys that had over a hundred points this year. He was a huge plus player. He was a huge guy at even strength points too. I think he had the fourth, third, third most points at even strength this year, tied with Austin Matthews for third behind Gaudreau and McDavid. Said you know, just did everything. So it's a really good team. It's a deep team. Both these teams, boy, are. are I mean, they're, they're just really good, strong teams. So should, I agree. It should be a hell yeah. of a series. I give St. Louis a slight favor just because, like I said, they seem to have had – they've been able to find ways to beat Minnesota both this year and in recent years. So I'll go with the Blues. But, boy, that's a toss-up. Yeah, I've got the Blues in seven as well. I just think some of the experience and how well-rounded they are. But uh, Kaprizov has been great, 40 goals, 100 points, and – he could, this could be his coming out party. I don't know how many people around the nation really pay that much attention to the Wild, but if this series turns out to be a classic like I think it would, I think people are going to really be exposed to the singular talent that he is. Uh, and finish up the uh, series that begin tonight, Oilers and the hey, Kings. Donnie, let me just interrupt. Just one, one thing with Minnesota, one other thing. It's a really important year for Minnesota, too, and I don't know how far that goes in their room is that because of the dead money situation they're going to have moving forward with the, the, Capri, the uh, Parisi and Suter buyouts over the next three years where they're going to be limited cap-wise, I mean, this is really an important run for the Minnesota Wild because, you know, they've been able to add some pieces that next year they might not be able to add. So that's another little thing to, to keep in mind for Minnesota this year as they as they start their hopefully long playoff run from their standpoint. Now, this is just a gut feeling for me. Oilers and the Kings um, respect both teams for sure. But my, my whole my whole feeling on Edmonton all year is if they could get the goaltending, I think they can pretty much play with, with most of the teams in this league. The question is, will they get the goaltending? Now, Smith has been good down the stretch, so I think that that will be the difference in this series. So I like Edmonton. I think they've got more firepower. But if their goaltending goes south again, they have no shot. So I'm just going to roll with the goaltending being solid. And I think Edmonton will uh, will beat uh, the Kings. I actually have them winning in five, just a, a gut, because I think they are the better team. But this can completely go the other way if their goaltending goes south. Well, I, I tend to agree with you, right? I mean, and that's the case in a lot of series, right? The goaltending goes bad. you got problems. I mean, look at last year, the Penguins and the Islanders. I thought the Penguins were the better team, but the goaltending – to use your phrase, went south, yeah. and so did the Penguins. And the Islanders advanced. So, uh, I'll tell you what. Mike Smith hasn't been hot, Donnie. He's been, like, scorching. I know. I mean, I, over, I think he's won nine in a row. And, again, this is off the top of my head, but I think he's won nine in a row. I think his save percentage is around 950. So, I mean, that is just not sustainable. I mean, I, I, that's flat out not sustainable for a 40-year, for any goalie. But for, for a 40-year goalie, it certainly isn't. So, that makes you wonder. Interesting coaching matchup. The the teacher and the student, Todd McClellan, in L.A. has done a great job this year. 
coaching against Jay Woodcroft, who you know he had. He was uh, he worked with him on the staff under Mike Babcock in Detroit. I think Woodcroft was the video coach there. Bab- uh, McClellan took him with him to uh, the San Jose. He took him with him to Edmonton, and uh, you know eventually then you know Woodcroft got a chance in the minors in Edmonton, and then was called up to replace Dave Tippett. McClellan went on to L.A. So, you know, that's an interesting matchup. Two guys who really know each other well. L.A. to me, you know, I mean, most people are going to look at this and say, okay, Edmonton is going to win. They've just got too much firepower. And that would, be, that would be a fair way to look at it. I would say this, that L.A. has been underappreciated and under, you know, really not respected very much all year long. And yet they find ways to win. They're fast, they're young, and they're really good through the middle. I mean... You need to match up with those those horses at Edmonton, and when you've got Kopitar and, and you've got Janot, who is a you know a Selkie Trophy worthy guy. There's two Selkie guys right there. One, two. If young Quentin Byfield, who seems to be playing better, can be a factor in this series somewhere along the line, and because he'll get when he's on the ice, he'll get good matchups. Um, you know, I think LA could make it a series. It'd be nice if Dowdy was healthy. That would have been a big difference maker for them. But you know, I think Edmonton's going to win. But I'll tell you what, I think we shouldn't overlook the Kings. Very good defensive structure. I watched them play Vancouver the other night, and, and you know, they ended up losing the game in overtime. And you know, they were already clinched. They didn't need the game, but like they didn't give Vancouver a sniff in the first two periods. And um, you know, Vancouver's got, you know, some good offensive players that can mm. make things happen, and they didn't get near the net. So I'll be curious to see this one play out. I say Edmonton has the advantage. And, you know, the other thing that hurts L.A. is that their special teams have not been good all year long. And uh, for some reason, their penalty kill was very good in the season series against Edmonton this year. But uh, on the whole, their special teams haven't been good. They're going to have to figure that out in this series because when they have opportunities, they're going to have to take advantage on the power play, and they're certainly – not going to be in a position to take a lot of penalties against Edmonton, and if you do, you got to be you've got to be able to kill them. And you know, on the flip side too, John Quick has played well down the stretch. We're seeing a matchup, Donnie, of a we don't see this too often—a goalie matchup that happened ten years ago. And uh, you know, where you know, ten years later, there are and one guy is on the same team, Quick, and Mike Smith was in Arizona when it was in the right. conference final, LA and Arizona, and so two old warriors going head to head it should be uh you know that that's a kind of uh you know a story within the you know a kind of sub story to the series when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply now the series that begin tomorrow, Rangers and the Penguins. I mean, I, I wouldn't read too much into the season series. Rangers won three of the four, including three in a row. But one of those games, Malkin didn't play. Another game, Crosby didn't play. I like the Rangers in the series. I like the matchup. The only thing that scares me just a bit is experience versus not a lot of experience, right? The Rangers don't have a ton of guys that have been there, done that. Pittsburgh has. Sidney Crosby admitted this could be their last kick at the can as presently constituted. So... Those factors make me believe that the Penguins will hang around. I like the Rangers to win the series, but I think it's going to still be a really tough, hard-fought best of seven. 
Hey, listen, I think it comes down to the goaltending in this one, really. I mean, Shesterkin is clearly the better goaltender based on the numbers. Um, Jari is out of the mix. You're leaning on Casey Smith. If for some reason, Shesterkin, who has really, I don't even, I don't think he has any playoff experience. No, he, he was hurt in the bubble. That's right, because Lundqvist played the first two, and then Georgiev, I guess, played the third game, I right. think. But, um, you know, I would say that's the, that's the wild card a little bit. I mean, and the, and you have, you have, we have no reason to think that Shesterkin will wilt, you know, in the, in the heat of, uh, of his first NHL playoff series. But, uh, you know, that's what it comes down to for me. I mean, as long as Shesterkin plays the way he's been playing, that's pretty damn good. You know, I think that's going to be a big problem for Pittsburgh because, you know, DeSmith, you know, has had his moments during his uh, career as kind of the number two guy there. But I think it's a lot to ask him yeah. to really carry the load. And so, uh, you know, that, and I think the Rangers are just deeper. They've been certainly, you know, uh, the Penguins have had their struggles over the last six weeks. I mean, when I talk of the Penguins in January and February, Donnie, I thought of them as a real serious cup contender the way they were playing. But I don't look at them that way right now. No. So, uh, I think the Rangers have the advantage, but you nailed it. It's just, you know, does this team that, that, you know, the bigger pitcher doesn't have a lot of playoff experience, if the boat starts rocking in this series, will these guys be able to calm the waters and, uh, and keep things on track? I think they will, and Gerard Gallant is going to be a big part of that because he's been through this. So, uh you know, we'll see where we end up, but I like the Rangers. Yeah, DeSmith did have that big 52 save performance against Boston a couple of weeks ago, so he certainly can carry the water. But uh, Shesterkin, if he plays anywhere as well as he played in the regular season, is going to be tough to beat. Uh, Panthers and Capitals. Listen, I, I the Panthers, they just give up way too many goals for me to think they can win the Cup. I mean, that's, that's what's scary about them. They could score. Not a lot of 7-5 playoff games, but I do think they've got more than enough to take care of the Capitals. Goaltending's been shaky there. Maybe Ovechkin's not 100%. When healthy, the Capitals are are a good team and, and certainly a well-coached team in Laviolette. I just think the Panthers are just too much to handle for this Washington team in the first round. And they don't. They won't be bothered by the size of the Capitals. They got a pretty big group too. It'd be nice if they can get Aaron Ekblad back in the lineup. Maybe that would be a big help for them. And maybe they can get through this first round, and he can be back at some point, either in the first round or the second. But um, the only thing I'd say about the Capitals is if, if the goaltending is decent for the Capitals, if it's just good, I mean they should be able to hang in the games because they they at times this year they've played very well. And Peter's a terrific coach. And they've got some guys who understand, you know, what it takes. But I would say it's been, you know, it's been the year of the cat, so to speak, the old Al Stewart song. So yeah. uh, they've had a nice run. And uh, I think that they will manage to get past Washington. And then we'll see who they get in round number two. But, you know, boy, they're a team. They, they've got to feel good about play, playing in any circumstance. They've had all these comebacks this year. I don't know if that's the necessarily a formula, formula for a success in the Stanley Cup playoffs but uh, you know they have been a, they have been a great story this year so uh, it's going to be fun to watch them and see where they go and they just play this kind of crazy chaotic style and that crowd in Florida is you know that play that barn is going to be sold out now and it's going to be loud down there and uh, you know that's a team looking to win its first playoff series since 1996 it's the longest route we talk about the Leafs all the time yeah 
Panthers haven't won a playoff series since 1996 when they went to the finals. So uh, I think they're going to get it this year, and then we'll see where they go from there. Uh, the one seed in the West, Avalanche, begin on Tuesday against the Nashville Predators. Nashville ended up getting this matchup because of blowing a big lead in Arizona, the final game of the regular season. Colorado's interesting because they ran away with this division, EJ, right? And Landis has been out for a while, but he should be ready for the playoffs. So you, you, maybe a lot of people didn't pay close attention to them the last month because they had things wrapped up so early, but this is still an incredibly good team. The question is, can they get over the first-round yips? And I think if they can, they, the, the, the sky's the limit for this team. But Nashville, listen, goaltending's been really good. They've got a quality team with a lot of experience. I think the Avalanche will win this series. Uh, what says you? Well, I think a lot comes down to the health of UC Soros, right? He got hurt in a game against Calgary last week. He didn't play the last two games of the season. And, you know, there's a doubt of whether he's going to be able to go to start this series. So if he can't play, that leaves you with big save Dave Riddick and uh, Connor Ingram. So good luck. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> that team, right? <laughs> said, I mean, the regular season is obviously much different. There's so much, there was so much less at stake. But the team played last week, and Big Save Dave was able to win a shootout. And in fact, Nashville is 3-1 and one against Colorado this year in the regular season. Um, the games, two of the games went to overtime or shootout, and they were able to win both of those. So, Nashville's extremely well coached. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, a great matchup of Yossi and McCarr, the two Norris Trophy guys this year for me uh, in this series. Both are brilliant players. Um, Nashville, you know, John Hines has gotten a lot out of his stars this year. I mean, that was a big thing. Duchesne, Johansson, those guys have really stepped to the forefront. Forsberg, um, you know, on paper, Colorado's a deeper, better team. But we're not on paper. And if, I mean, if Soros can play and he's healthy and he's good, Nashville's going to be in these games. Now, whether they can win, I, I mean, I, I pick Colorado. Right. But like Colorado, this is a Colorado team, even though it's made some changes to their group and they got a different goalie. You know, they haven't got past the second round. This isn't a team that got to the final and lost and was heartbroken. They haven't got past the second round for whatever reason. And there's a number of things that went wrong for them, and maybe this is the year everything will go right. But I just think, you know, this, you know, and maybe it's good for them to have a real test in the first round. And if Soros plays, then it's a real challenge. I think Colorado will win. But, um, you know, I don't think anybody should overlook Nashville because they're going to come to play. And, uh, and John is an excellent coach. And they've, they've done a lot this year. They're, they're a strong physical team. They'll mix it up physically. And, uh, you know, I think they'll be a handful. And, you know, one other thing. The funny thing, you're right. They end up in this series because they blew that four-goal lead, you know, in Arizona on the last day of the season and lost 5-4. But the funny thing is the Coyotes in the last week of the season went into Minnesota and beat them. Back, second of a back-to-back, going to Dallas, down 3 nothing in the third, and beat them in overtime. And then they go home the last game ever in Gila River Arena and – they uh, are down 4 nothing early. They rally and win that game in regulation. So that was kind of a crazy last week for the it Coyotes. Was. And they impacted, they impacted the standings and the race in an interesting way. So we'll see uh, how that helps or hurts these teams. 
And the final series starts tomorrow. Flames and the Dallas Stars. I love this Flames team. Two 100-point scorers in Kachuk. And Johnny Gaudreau's had a fabulous season. Markstrom has been just tremendous. I think this team is deep. I think this team is capable. It kind of just stinks, and I think they'll win this series. But, like, Dallas is Dallas, right? They're just a, they're always a difficult out. And I don't think they're as good as the Calgary Flames, but I do think Dallas will steal a couple of games. But uh, just uh, Dallas is always that team you just don't want to have to deal with, especially in the first round. Well, they got – you know, they really have a pretty good group of four defensemen, right? So they're you know, those guys can play. I mean, like, Hayeskin is terrific. He's one of my favorite defensemen in the league. Uh, you know, Suter is a veteran. Lindell is kind of is a veteran player. Klingberg is a great offensive player. He can be a little dicey to watch play in his own zone sometimes, but he takes risks that other guys don't take, and sometimes those things pay off. So, um, you know, they could defend Ottinger. I, you know, I, he was a high draft pick. Uh, I thought they should have gotten to him earlier this year. They took their time with him. They were they were waiting, and then the second half when Olpe got hurt, they really leaned on him, and he played very well. They've been a one-line team all year, and they're going to have to get more from Ben and Sagan and Radulov and others in their group, Gary Aronoff and, and players like that. The line they've counted on has been fantastic. I mean, Robertson, Pavelski, and dynamic. I mean, I don't know if they've been quite as good as uh, Goudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. I mean, those guys have been off the chart. I mean, Johnny Goudreau, I mean, what an unbelievable season this guy's had. 90 regular season, 90 even strength points, 12 better than Connor McDavid at that. You know, think about even strength points. I mean, to be 12 better than McDavid is pretty significant. He was a plus 64. I don't care if people like that stat or not. Nobody else was plus 64. And in fact, those three guys, that line, they were so good. They were the top three guys in that category. Lindholm was plus 61, Kachuk plus 57. They seem to be well rounded. Uh, they've got a good goaltender there in Markstrom. Uh, you know, I wonder as things go along, you know, that defense they have, it's sturdy. It may be underappreciated by me, but, uh, you know, I wonder if anybody can get under those guys. But they're big, they're strong, that team. And uh, Daryl's doing a great job. And, and, boy, they just, you know, they can, they play right to the end, too, Johnny. They're, they're in great shape, and I think that's the thing about, that really has – you know, taking Johnny Gaudreau to another level. I don't know what he did in the off season, but that guy has just been—he uh, is—he's taken things uh, up a notch or two this year. So, I think it's going to be really hard for Dallas uh, over the course of seven games to deal with Calgary. Yeah. So, EJ, this was great. I know you got to run. You got some meetings. You can catch EJ four to six Eastern on the NHL Network throughout the entire length of the playoffs, and maybe I'll see you on the road, buddy. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'm looking forward to your call. I guess you got a couple of the games, two, three, and four. Pittsburgh and the Rangers should be a good series. I'll be tuning in. I love All hearing right, you, Dave. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
All right, that is the great, and I mean great, EJ Raddick giving us a solid 30 minutes preview in these series. That everything, or at least four of the series, begin tonight. The rest will begin tomorrow. And as you heard EJ say, I've got uh, the call on two, three, and four for the Rangers Penguins series. So I'll be hopping on a plane for the first time in 26 months on Friday, heading out to Pittsburgh. So I'm really looking forward to that. And just to kind of recap, uh, I had to make my predictions for ESPN, so I'm sure you'll see this on the website or elsewhere. But in the East, I've got the Panthers winning in five over the Capitals, Leafs taking the Lightning down in six, Hurricanes beating the Bruins in six, and Rangers topping the Penguins in six. And that was a really good point by EJ. The goaltending matchup is just so superior to the Rangers. But when you got Crosby, Malkin, Latang, so much. So much experience. Gensel's had a tremendous 40-goal season. Rusto's always a guy that scores a lot of big goals for them. Dumoulin's been around for a while, too. So you got to respect their experience and and also be a little bit concerned about the lack of experience from the Rangers. But I do think the goaltending uh, kind of balances that out, and I think the Rangers will take them in six out west. i got the Avalanche beating the Predators in five. Blues wild going seven. Flames stars with the Blues winning, by the way. Flames taking the stars in six and the Oilers skating past the Kings in five and I have the Hurricanes winning the Stanley Cup with Sebastian Ajo as the Conn Smythe winner but that's a long way down the road so we wanted to get the big major preview in We'll be back on Wednesday, and we'll already have all the series underway by then. Everybody would have played a game, so we'll get a sense of where we're going here with the big game one. So we'll be back again on Wednesday, and then we'll dive back in with you on Twitter at that time at at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. So I wanted to get EJ's predictions in and get his thoughts on the series. We did that. Back with you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.